everyone and welcome to the Class of 2020 podcast series two, a day in the life of. I'm Harriet, your host for the series, and I'm really excited to tell you about our new lineup of conversations exclusively with Salesforce. We know that times are tough and lockdowns have become relentless. Coronavirus has affected all sectors of the jobs market and left many of us applying for job after job and getting nowhere. There's no easy fix, but Class of 2020 is here to support you through it. We've partnered up with leading organisations to give you free access to our e-learning community platform where you can boost your confidence, learn new skills and become more employable. But that's not all. In this series of the Class of 2020 podcast, we've partnered up with Salesforce to give you exclusive insight into the day-to-day life of some amazing Salesforce professionals and ask them the questions that you want to know the answers to. What kind of people does Salesforce hire? What kind of jobs are available? And what's it really like to work for the world's leading CRM organization? You don't want to miss out on this exclusive lineup to hear more about a day in the life of Salesforce. All for you, all for free at the Class of 2020 podcast. and welcome back to our Salesforce podcast series, A Day in the Life of. I am really excited to be joined by Vera today from Solution Junkies. Hi, Vera. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Excited to be here. Cool. We're really excited to have you. So let's start off by you just telling us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What company do you work for? Yeah, of course. So I am the managing director for a company called Solution Junkies, and we are a Salesforce consultancy. So we do um, Salesforce implementations, uh, but we've got a slightly different angle, I think, than most partners in the ecosystem. And that is that we, while we do deliver projects and and customer successes, ultimately, um, you know, what we strive for, we're also focused on ensuring that our company is giving back in every way we can. Um, and so at the heart of every project we do and, and fundamentally kind of every social engagement and, and everything that kind of molds through the fabric of our company, it's all focused on, on driving the world in a better direction. Um, and so I'll tell you a little bit more later on the call about projects for purpose. But yeah, in a, in a nutshell, we are a Salesforce consultancy that is trying to be a force for good. Okay, amazing. So firstly, really cool name, Solution Junkies. Brilliant. <laughs> um, So tell us a little bit how you came to work with Solution Junkies, um, how it was set up. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll give you a little bit of context on my kind of Salesforce background, because I think a lot of that story is is what led us here. Um, So I started with a company called Blue Wolf, which was the first Salesforce implementation partner, God, 12 years ago, I think. Um, So slightly over a decade. And really, that was my first venture into the Salesforce space. And I grew up in in that company and we eventually got acquired by IBM about three years ago. Um, And that's really when I started to look at what I wanna do next and getting back to more of the entrepreneurial spirit of being in a small company in a startup. I was lucky that at a similar time, you know, there were a couple of us that kind of had that same vision. And so as a a core team, uh, we started to look at you know, what would a new implementation partner in this space look like? You know, what did we think the gaps were in the market? 
what did we think that the delivery gaps were in terms of where we thought partners could could be implementing better and, and adding more value. And as we started to brainstorm, you know, what solution junkies look like, it was taking our experience from implementing across different industries, across different decades um, and different companies and, and starting to put that together and mold it into something I think that we all wanted to be, you know, really proud of. Um, and so Solution Junkies for me is, is my kind of first um, venture into the pure, pure startup world. Um, so I'm really proud of, of what we've built. And, you know, we haven't been around a ton of time and we've had a really, really amazing start. And we've been lucky that we've kind of had an accelerated start um, despite being really started in a pandemic. So slightly unique way to start a company, but I think that we've been, um, we've been really lucky and Salesforce has been so welcoming in terms of the partner ecosystem. And, and we're really thankful for that. Amazing. Sounds really good. So as you mentioned, you set it up during the pandemic. What, uh, what inspired you to want to start this up in a time which is so uncertain for everyone, job market economy is not looking great. What made you sit down and think, yeah, let's do this right now. This is a good time to do it. It's a great question. Um, I do think there are people who think I'm crazy. Uh, my family probably being at the top of that list. <laughs> um, but I think to be honest, for, for a lot of us, the pandemic was a point of reflection. And I think for us, the kind of core that, that started this, we were all looking for a little bit more in our kind of daily work lives. I think, especially in consultancy, you get so ingrained in the kind of day-to-day -day activities and you're working so hard and you're, you're typically running towards a deadline or towards a go-live date. And we don't often actually have time to think about the work that we do and whether or not we are fulfilled and grateful for that work. And as we started to almost change overnight in terms of the environment we were working in. I think a lot of us started to, to reflect a lot more. And I think for me, when you took away the buzz of the office and the buzz that you get from your employees and the buzz that you get from your clients and, you know, being together and collaborating on a whiteboard and, you know, you kind of strip all of that back and you're stuck in your bedroom, you know, for me with a TV tray and a laptop, I think you start to, to question, is this actual work, the keys that I'm typing into, is that enough for me? And, you know, do I end the day feeling like, I've accomplished something and I'm, you know, moving the world forward. As consultants, we, we fall into this trap all the time of kind of surviving the day, right? You've always got a ton of stuff on, you're, you know, moving between clients um, and we don't often ask ourselves if it's enough and if, you know, we enjoy what we're doing. And so I think for me, it was the first time, you know, in my career where I started asking those questions and for the kind of founding members of Solution Junkies, I think we were all looking for something more. And I think, you know, you start to quickly come to the realization that yes, you know, implementing Salesforce is important, but it could mean so much more depending on how you do it and who you do it for. And there's ways to accomplish very similar kind of goals, but with a slightly different slant, which is a lot of, you know, where the, um, where the projects for purpose component came from. As we started to look at not only just creating consultancy, but creating something that was truly inspired by the pandemic, you know, we started to look at how does that change things, right? How, how does our experience and, and our reflections, how does that translate into a different kind of company? So rather than just saying, you know, I want out of the company I am, I'm in because it's not fulfilling and, and I'm going to go create something, you know, how do we take some lessons learned and really apply those to make 
a better organization and a more engaging organization. And we started to look at things like give back initiatives, you know, and, and if we wanted to start to move things forward, how we started to embed that as a company culture, right? So rather than just having give back be a thing that people do when they've got the time or on the weekends or in the evenings, you know, how do you make it the fabric of your company? Um, and a lot of what we did, again, you know, in the spirit of reflection is, is look back on initiatives that we had been part of at, at various companies over the years where everybody was really excited when the initiative kicked off. And then, you know, as time goes on, it starts to fall by the wayside and everybody gets busy and, you know, it ultimately just kind of gets put on a back burner. And we kind of looked at why that happens and, and decided that actually as consultants, the most important thing for us is delivering successful projects for our clients. And so if something kind of falls outside of that priority base, it's probably not gonna make it long-term. And so we said, well, actually, how do we take something like giving back and put it in the core of how we deliver a project so that it doesn't get left behind? And this, this concept of projects for purpose was birthed. And the idea is it's got two fundamental components. Uh, one is looking at profit, um, and looking at how we structure projects to make sure that we can give a piece of what we're earning back to a charity that's really important to the client. And then the second is time. So how do we commit as a project team time to that same charity? And hopefully, you know, the client does that with us. And it's a moment of celebration at the end of a project where we can come together with a client who's really passionate about the charity they've chosen um, and we can spend, you know, some time giving back to, to that organization. And it seems so simple, you know, looking back on it, <laughs> but I do think it's it's made a massive difference to, to how we engage with clients and, you know, how we celebrate, right? In the old days, we used to have these big go-live parties and there were dinners and there were drinks and fun as that is, there's nothing more fulfilling than celebrating through actually giving back to a charity. You do feel like you've accomplished something on the project in, in delivering a successful Salesforce implementation, but then you've accomplished something as part of the celebration, which is almost means more in some cases. But yeah, that's definitely been our biggest lesson learned is, you know, how do you, how do you take the fundamentals that have changed you in COVID and how do you start to apply those in meaningful ways that will sustain themselves over time and, and we don't lose track of just things that we felt and reflected on at, in a period of our lives and, and then those become distant memories. I love all that it's so interesting to me personally as I'm really like I want to work for a charity and I love all that charity work so I think it's really interesting that you work with Salesforce which we see a big name big company everyone knows about Salesforce we don't tend to hear about this side of Salesforce um, and like the personal side, the, the side that is really involved in the community and wants to give back. So I think that's a really, really interesting angle uh, to kind of look at the company from that most of us never would have even realised. Um, and I think you've touched on something really interesting as well, that coronavirus has given us all a lot of time to think um, for better or for worse, but it's really admirable that you've managed to kind of develop Solution Junkies in that time and use it for such a, a good purpose. Yeah, that's the, that's the hope. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dig more into what, what do you actually do day to day? So what does your typical day look like? Yeah, great question. Um, chaotic. <laughs> um, I've got a really interesting role at the moment um, and I've been managing director in, in previous roles. But I think doing that in a startup environment where 
you already have an atmosphere where everybody's doing everything and everybody has to wear multiple hats. Uh, for me, it is slightly schizophrenic. I'm running between kind of trying to think about a go-to-market strategy and, and trying to engage with customers um, and, and talking much more on the front end of the cycle about what we can do and what we want to do and, and how Salesforce starts to add value to, to companies. And then I'm juggling that with delivering projects and billing hours and writing status reports and you know all of that amongst you know trying to to calm the dog down from barking at the delivery people. And so, yeah, so my days are, are very, very varied. You know, some days I'm very delivery focused and, and a lot of that is just kind of project driven and, and um, schedule driven. And then some days I'm, I'm super focused on the demand generation side of the business. And unfortunately, some days I'm finance focused. I don't like those days very much, but you know, somebody's, somebody's got to be looking at, uh, at making sure people get paid. So yeah, it's been exciting. It's definitely probably been more work than I've ever done, just because you do feel like you're kind of playing five jobs at once. But it is, you know, going back to our, our point on reflection and fulfillment, it's definitely, it's much more gratifying than anything I've ever done. So I think those probably come in equal measures, <laughs> typically. <laughs> so you mentioned that you set this up during the pandemic. So I assume you've all been working from home for most of that time. Uh, has that given you any challenges in kind of setting this up and starting the solution junkies yeah it's actually a really it's a good point I think because everybody has struggled I think a little bit with remote culture and for me like I've been in an office my entire career um, and so that was actually a big shift you know I'm used to being able to, to tell people what to do and they're standing right in front of me and they can't ignore me <laughs> um, and we've been remote since inception so we have not had a chance to get the entire company together. So everything we've done has been virtual. And it was actually one of the things that probably made me most nervous, um, just because, you know, you start to question, how do you create a culture when you can't see people and, you know, you don't have that physical connection and, and the physical space. And there's a lot to be said for how people collaborate, you know, in a physical environment. And so interestingly, when we, um, when we first kind of embarked on this journey, I did a ton of research. Um, so I discovered podcasts, funny enough, for the first time, which I know makes me sound terribly pathetic and old, fully aware, um, <laughs> no. but I, I have embraced them. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm down with the 411. <laughs> um, but I, I did a lot of listening mostly around kind of behaviors in the workplace and, you know, psychology that creates better working environments. Um, and I found a podcast that I loved called Positivity in the Workplace. And it's all around, you know, bite-sized chunks of explaining, you know, why people tend to work better in certain environments and why they tend to collaborate better with, with certain types of people. Uh, but there were a ton of things that I took from that, you know, nothing monumental that you thought, oh God, I've never thought of that, but just small things that you think, yeah, actually these things make a big difference. And one of those was presence. I am the worst at being a multitasker, right? And trying to do 17 things at once and, you know, packing as much into a day as I can. And it made me realize that actually in a virtual environment where people aren't physically sitting in front of you, that it's so much more important to, to take time and to concentrate and to connect and to make eye connection. And you have to intently listen, right? Cause you don't, they don't necessarily know whether or not you are listening. If you don't make that obvious, and it was one of those things that you think, 
yeah, obviously I shouldn't be answering my emails while I'm on Zoom calls, but you don't actually, until you stop doing it and start becoming super conscious of, of what you're doing outside of the call, you don't realize how much people kind of reflect that and impact that. And it was over, I think a series of a week or two where I decided that I wasn't, I wasn't going to touch anything. I wasn't going to touch my phone. I wasn't going to touch email. You know, when I was on a call, I was just going to be super intent on, on being in the room. And you start to see people reflect that back to you, which is amazing without ever saying anything, you know, people genuinely can tell a difference when you're engaged and, and they give that back. And so I do think that was one of the core principles when we started running kind of virtual, virtual happy hours and things like that. It's that, look, everybody, this is only an hour. We're all going to put our stuff away. We are going to be engaged um, and we're going to make that commitment to each other. Um, and there was a, a ton, you should definitely listen to this podcast. There's a ton of stuff that we kind of took down in terms of just how you create better employee engagement when you don't have the, the space to do it physically. Um, and I think a big part of that is actually the giving back piece because it wasn't the intention actually, but it was after we had run a first couple events. And so we said as a, as a group, rather than trying to get together and do these virtual happy hours, which can sometimes be um, a little bit onerous <laughs> um, if you're doing them too often, we said, let's balance that out with charitable things that we can do together. And so one of the first events that we did as a group was Race for Life. So virtually, we all we all signed up, we all raised money, um, and then we ran the 5K kind of independently. But we all had Solution Junkie shirts on, you know, everybody clocked their time. And on that day, like the WhatsApp group was going crazy. And you just kind of got to the end of that day and you thought, even though we weren't physically together, I've never felt closer to people than I have today, you know, for all the nights out and all of the kind of cultural bonding in the office, I feel closer to these people, some of which I've never even met, you know, coming together for a common cause and, and really seeing kind of the fruits of that labor happen in real time has been amazing. And yeah, we're super grateful that we, we've got that to bring us together and that we all have that kind of collective shared spirit of, of that being so meaningful and, and that allowing us to feel so close to one another. I think you're really right. We've had to get so creative during the pandemic with how we stay in contact with each other, which seems odd because we're all on our phones all the time. We're always connected digitally, digitally even before the pandemic. But it's really pushed us to think outside the box. We can't just have a Zoom quiz every week. We need to think of different ways to actually connect. So I think having Race for Life is a really good idea. Um, so I want to ask you as well. So what you do is so interesting, but I don't think that I would ever have considered that that would be a job that would have been open to me especially mm. when I was kind of 18 years old and I was deciding what to do next. Did you ever yeah. expect yourself to end up here? No, never. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the funny thing about me is I was, I was actually really confused in, in the early days of my career. When I went to college, I majored in English and, and everybody kind of said, what are you going to do with an English degree? And I thought that I was going to be this great marketeer. I had, um, I had done some internships over kind of my years um, in college and one was for a publishing company, another was for a magazine and they were all kind of marketing or PR related. And so I thought I had this kind of great idea. I was going to take my English degree and apply it to marketing. Um, and when I went to start applying for jobs, there's not a lot, there wasn't a lot out there that kind of fit what I was looking for. 
And so I actually started, I started kind of applying for everything a little bit. Um, and I ended up in a job which was definitely marketing focused. So I was a marketing coordinator for the Penn Club, which is like an alumni club in, in New York, which sounds somewhat glamorous. It was about the least glamorous job in the whole world. And I got I got into the position and I thought, well, I'm going to be creating all of these campaigns and, you know, like, you know, looking at how you reach out to the youth and how you create a, you know, a younger culture for these alumni clubs. Um, and then I got there and realized that the, the big basis of the club is they've got these massive clubhouses in New York and a lot of it is room. So kind of like a hotel, uh, like a members only hotel, weirdly. Um, and a lot of my job was giving tours. So people would come and say, I want to, you know, I want to see the space. And so really what I thought was a marketing job kind of turned into like hotel reception tour guide. Um, and so I very quickly realized that I don't want to do that necessarily. And yeah, it probably took me about five months. And then I realized I've just got to get out of here. And so again, I slightly panicked and started applying for everything you can think of um, and kind of just landed with Blue Wolf through a bit, you know, of, of serendipity and didn't know anything about Salesforce, did not know anything really about IT. And I can remember being in the interview thinking, oh my God, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and the first day on the job, I had to go to admin training, obviously, to get trained to learn how to, how to deliver Salesforce. And I came home and I told my roommate at the time, I was like, I think they've hired the wrong person. I don't think I can do this. Like, I didn't understand what they were talking about at all. <laughs> um, and luckily, I got to the end of the week. Um, and by then, which is a good testament to how quickly you can learn Salesforce, by then I was like, okay, I get this. It, it conceptually makes sense to me. And yeah, I like it and I like what it can do. And so within the span of a week, I, I completely changed my entire opinion on probably IT consulting, everything involved. But I've been really lucky in that you know, it's created a career for me that I would have never, ever anticipated. And I think there's a big aspect of, of being young and not necessarily thinking you have to figure it all out in the first, you know, one or two goes. Like, I think it's great to go out and explore different careers. And sometimes the jobs that you land in and you hate shape your career just as much as the jobs that you love. And I think people should be open to that and, you know, not be fearful that, oh my God, everything on my CV has to be perfect and has to fit together and has to tell, you know, a story of who I am. It's good to explore. It's good to figure out who you are. Um, yeah. And it, it tends to shape who you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> I think that's such a good message because being a recent graduate myself, I've definitely had those thoughts of, oh my gosh, my first job is going to be the one that I have to stick with. That's going to be my career. If I don't like it, that's tough. So I think it's really nice to hear that you can just explore your options. There's no rush. You have so much time. It's okay if you don't get it right the first time, if you don't land into your dream job straight away. And that's really normal. And I think also it's really interesting to take away from what you've said about how you did an English degree and I did as well and how you don't put that with Salesforce or IT straight away. And I think that's really interesting. It just shows how accessible Salesforce is. It, I assume they're not looking for a, uh, you know, a particular category of person. It's kind of open. What transferable skills can you bring? Yeah. What can you bring to the table despite the degree that you did? So that's really, really interesting. To hear. Completely. And, and I would, you know, just to, to do a little, um, piece on Salesforce, I would inspire people to look at it because it, it, if somebody had told me when I was 
20 that Salesforce was amazing and I should go apply to, to work in the ecosystem, I would have been like, no way. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you actually peel it back, what we do on a day-to-day basis is help companies operate better. And that's a massive undertaking. And it's something that requires so many varied skills. And I think a lot of people think IT or they think Salesforce and they think development, you know, and I don't want to be a developer. And there's so much beyond that. And I think Salesforce as a platform specifically is really catering to non-developers, right? There's so much that you can do with kind of drag and drop interfaces that most of the conversations you're having are about the business problems and how you transform those and how you move the organization forward. You know, you're, you're talking very little about scripts or lines of code. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, if you haven't kind of encountered it, it's definitely worth taking a look at, especially because Salesforce has so many free resources. So their whole Trailhead platform means that training and access to, to understanding Salesforce and, and being able to work in that environment is completely accessible to everybody, you know? So if it is something where you are exploring and you're looking at what your next move is, you know, try some modules. You might find that like, actually this stuff is quite interesting. And yeah, I do want to be able to stand in a room and, and talk about how, you know, to improve someone's sales process or improve their call center metrics. And, and that's really what the ecosystem teaches you and it teaches you for free, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and as Vera said, just a little plug for Class 2020 there, you can access all of those training materials from Salesforce and more on our platform for free. So definitely go and check them out. Um, Vera, I love chatting to you. My final question, uh, what advice would you give to someone looking to start a career in Salesforce? What would you advise would be their first steps? Yeah, great question. Um, I think just be curious. I think Salesforce as a platform is ever evolving and it's so expansive now. You know, when I started delivering Salesforce, it was really a CRM in its traditional sense. And now, you know, you look at the marketing acquisitions they've made, you look at, I mean, them acquiring Slack lately, like it's just the breadth and depth of that platform is, is massive. And I think, you know, the best you can do is just try to explore all of it. You know, don't necessarily feel like you have to to go down a very strict path. I think a lot of people um, early on in their careers, they think I have to get admin certified and then I have to do this. And, and there is definitely trails and paths that, that guide you. But I think just be inquisitive, explore as much as you can, you know, try to learn about different aspects of the platform because you never know really what you're gonna gravitate towards. You know, you might kind of start off thinking, I'm gonna be a sales consultant because I love sales. And, and I think that I can teach people how to sell better. And you might end up on the service cloud side of the business. So yeah, just be inquisitive, explore and leverage the communities. The amazing thing that, that Salesforce offers, in addition to the kind of free training platform is it's got so many forms and so many communities and there are genuinely people out there who want to help. They have a whole mentorship program. Everybody at Solution Junkies is a mentor for people that are very early on in their Salesforce careers just to to help them understand where to get resources, to help them prep for interviews. Um, so definitely take advantage because even if you just have questions about, you know, how certain things operate or what to focus on, you know, those people are more than happy to guide you through those early steps on your Salesforce journey. Amazing. Perfect advice to finish up on. Vera, thank you so much for chatting to me today. It was super interesting, everything you had to share. And I'm sure our listeners are going to be really intrigued by your ideas, your thoughts, um, and what you have to tell us about Salesforce. So thank you so much. 
Um, thank you all our listeners for joining us and make sure to join in in the next episode. Thank you. Thanks.